Welcome to Bite Size Podcast today. This week our focus theme has been on God's plan for redemption. We've looked at how God's plan was introduced and rolled out from the beginning. Our focus, our focus was mostly on the aspects of this plan that we see even today and through who God is and what he does. This theme is covered in four episodes. This is episode three of this theme. And thank you for joining us. In the book of Matthew chapter one, we read, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham beget Isaac, and Isaac beget Jacob. And Jacob begat Judah and his brethren. And Judah begat Phares and Zarah of Tamar. And Phares begat Esram. And Esram begat Aram. And Aram begat Aminadab. And Aminadab begat Nason. And Nason begat Salmon. And Salmon begat Boaz of Rakab. And Boaz beget Obed of Ruth, and Obed beget Jesse, and Jesse beget David the king, and David the king beget Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias, and Solomon beget Roboam, and Roboam beget Abia, and Abia beget Asa, and Asa beget Josephath, and Josephath beget Joram, and Joram beget Ozias, and Ozias beget Joatham, and Joatham beget Akaz, and Akaz beget Ezekias, and Ezekias beget Manasseh, and Manasseh beget Ammon, and Ammon beget Josias. And Josiah's beget Jeconias and his brethren, about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconias beget Salathia, and Salathiel beget Zerubbabel. And Zerubbabel beget Abiud, and Abiud beget Eliakim, and Eliakim beget Azor, and Azor beget Sadok. And Sadok beget Akim, and Akim beget Eliud, and Eliud beget Eliaza, and Eliaza beget Mathan, and Mathan beget Jacob, and Jacob beget Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. Now I know how many of us find it very painful to go through the genealogies of the Bible. But the Bible tells us that every scripture that is written is for our purpose and not for our edification. You see, God's master plan for redemption was always Jesus the Messiah. But in the generations that preceded this master plan, God, through his chosen nation, Israel, in which the Messiah would be born, 
continued to show this plan for the redemption of humanity through those who were in the ancestry or the generations of Jesus Christ. We've just read the generations of Jesus. And the first verse of Matthew chapter 1 tells us that it is the generations of Jesus, son of David and son of Abraham. These two were not the only important characters in the generations of Jesus, as we will discuss today. But they were the two to whom and through whom the promise was given. I say the promise was given to these two because this is what the Bible tells us. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, we read the following. <clears throat> now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will shew thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So God promised not only to make Abraham later called Abraham into a great nation. As we will see today, God promised Abraham that in him all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Today we see that it is in the generations of Abraham that the Messiah who would save the whole world will be born. This salvation is a free gift from God given to all who would receive it. We read this in Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus in chapter 2, verses 8 to 9. It reads like this. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It is through the grace that comes from God through Jesus Christ that we are saved. Our redemption which God promised in Abraham is evident in us today because we know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us to be saved and that he was raised from the dead and holds all the keys of life and death. God's ultimate redemption plan was always through him. On David, the Bible tells us this. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. We found this in the book of 2 Samuel. You see, God's promise to David was that his kingdom shall be established forever before him and his throne shall be established forever. Now it doesn't just end there. Moreover, in the New Testament, we see how many people referred to Jesus as the son of David. And we see this in the following passages, just to quote a few. In the book of Matthew, chapter 15, verse 22, 
we hear a woman cry like this. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coasts and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. In Matthew 21, verse 9, we read this. And the multitude that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And the last one I would read is in John 7, verse 42. It says, Had not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was. You see, this was not to say that the Christ was physically born a son of David. But it was to show God's promised redemption coming through one of his servants to whom it was said, Your throne shall be established forever. This is because the Bible tells us that the kingdom of Christ shall be established forever and he shall reign forever. We find this in the book of Revelation. And it reads like this. And the seventh angel sounded. This is Revelation chapter 5. The seventh angel sounded. And there was great voices in heaven saying. The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. You see... God's redemptive plan was always ultimately to come to the finale who is Christ. But God from the beginning went and chose one man, Abraham, through which he was going to bring his ultimate redemptive plan in his generation. That is why he says, every family of the earth will be blessed through Abraham. Because all of us can freely come before him now and receive the salvation that is freely given. If you go back through the generations of Jesus, as we read it from Matthew 1, there are a few individuals, inclusive of Abraham and David, that I think are worth a mention. And we'll briefly look at these. I'm not going to look at all of them, but a few. First, we'll look at Judah. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, had prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. This is found in Revelation chapter 5, verse 5. You see, Jesus Christ, who is God's ultimate redemption plan for humankind, is called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. We also know through the scripture that David was of the same tribe of Judah, that Christ chose the tribe of Judah to present himself to the world through. We also hear of Boaz and Ruth the Moabite in the generations of Christ. And I want to read in Ruth chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 11. It reads like this. 
Then went Boaz up to the gate and set him down there. And behold, the kinsmen of whom Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, Ho, such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. And he said unto the kinsmen, Naomi, that is come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a piece of land, which was our brother's Elimelech's. And I thought to advise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know. For there is none to redeem it besides thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar my own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was the manner in former time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing. For to confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor. And this was a testimony in Israel. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. And Boaz said unto the elders, and unto all the people, Ye are witnesses this day, that I have bought all that was Elimelech's, and all that was Kilion's and Machlon's of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabites, the wife of Machlon, have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from amongst his brethren, and from the gate of this place. Ye are witnesses this day. And all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. The Lord make the woman that is come into thine house like Rachel and like Leah, which too did build the house of Israel, and do thou worthily in Ephrathah, and be famous in Bethlehem. You see, we see a man who went to extreme length to preserve a legacy. What he didn't know is that through Ruth, an heir would be born which would be in the line of Jesus, in the generation of Jesus. Boaz became his kinsman redeemer by redeeming the land that belonged to Naomi and with it Ruth the Moabite, the wife of Mahlon, Naomi's son, who having lost everything, she had decided to stay with her mother-in-law and adopt the nation of Israel as her own. Even though Naomi urged her to go back to her people, 
Ruth, through her perseverance in wanting to be with her mother-in-law and bring some comfort to her through her loss and pain, was redeemed by Boaz and restored to her rightful place in the lineage of Christ. You see, destiny, which was linked to the redemption plan of God, could not let Ruth go back to Moab. But this grace of redemption pulled her towards the people of God. To the point where Ruth says this to Naomi in confirmation. She said, the Bible says in Ruth 1 verse 14. It says, and they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Ophrah kissed his mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And verse 15 says this, And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. What Ruth didn't know was at the pool of the grace of God that engraved her in history to be in the lineage of Jesus was strong enough for her to give up everything she had known and to adopt a new nation and to adopt the almighty God. You see, the pool of destiny wrapped up in God's redemptive plan was too much for her to just give up and go back to Moab. So instead, she gave in and claved to Naomi, even when her sister-in-law turned back. The third person I want to look at in this lineage is Hezekiah. If we, re- we read in Isaiah chapter 38, verse 18 and 19, it reads like this. For the grave cannot praise thee, Death cannot celebrate thee. They that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. The living, he shall praise thee as I do this day. The father to the children shall make known thy truth. You see, these are the words of a man full of gratitude. You see, Hezekiah had been told by the prophet Isaiah a message from God that he would die. But God's own redemption plan was laid in the king's petition for more time. The king's prayer caused God to add 15 years to the king's life. And it was in these 15 years of additional grace that Hezekiah had a son called Manasseh. And Manasseh was meant to be in the generations of Jesus. Although Manasseh is known as an evil king, he's also the same king who understood repentance as he repented when he was in exile before God and God redeemed him. 
You see, God's redemptive plan at work gives the king 15 more years so that the generations of Christ, God's ultimate redemption plan, are not broken. The fourth person that I want us to look at is a chap by the name of Zerubbabel. Now we read in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. It reads like this. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. You see, Zerubbabel had the not-so-easy task of rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem after coming back from the exile of Babylon. He is also given the task of returning the holy vessels that Nebuchadnezzar had taken after his conquest. And this Zerubbabel was advised by two prophets, Prophet Haggai and the prophet Zechariah, to build God's house. And this task was heavy on him. Yet God sends the prophet Zechariah to tell Zerubbabel that the rebuilding process especially rebuilding the house of God, is not done by might or power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. You see, God's plan for redemption, working to restore the symbol of hope for the Jews and to encourage the men tasks with leading this rebuild. And thus showing us, even in his redemption plan, that there was nothing that we could do out of our own might and power, but it was the Spirit of God throughout the ages, covering generation through generation for this redemption plan to come into fruition. And lastly, I want to look at Joseph. Joseph, the father of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 19, we read, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. Joseph, a just man, caught up in an untenable situation, not recognizing or knowing that that which her betrothed Mary was carrying was a manifestation of God's master plan for the redemption of humankind, sought to put Mary aside, but is this time heaven intervenes to lay a foundation for the proper birth of the King of Glory through the house of David, as told by the Scriptures. You see, the angel comes and speaks to Joseph to intervene and to cause him to change his mind to understand that that which Mary was carrying was of God. It was not of man. You see, God's plan was plotted from eternity. And even though sometimes it seemed that this plan would not come to pass, as we read with the foreknowledge now, the hand of the Almighty God fashioned history to ensure that the generations of Abraham all the way to Jesus Christ 
could not be broken, making all things work together for the accomplishment of this plan to the fulfillment of the promise made to Abraham that all families of the earth will be blessed through him. Today we behold this plan working in our lives as long as we receive him who is God's master plan for the redemption of our lives. As the Bible tells us in Colossians 1 verse 12 to verse 14, it reads like this, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, whom hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. God's ultimate plan for redemption and forgiveness of sin is through no one else but Jesus the Christ. And tomorrow we delve deeper into this ultimate redemption plan. Well, friends, we will end our discussion here today. Join us tomorrow as we delve deeper into God's ultimate redemption plan. Thank you for tuning into Bite Size today. May God bless you and keep you. If you would like to get in contact with us, or you have any questions relating to this topic or any other biblical topics, you can do so through our social media pages. Facebook, it's Bite Sized. On Twitter, it's at Bite underscore word. Instagram, it's Bite Word. Or you can send us an email on bitesized0 at gmail.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and goodbye.